Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. Do you believe in magic? He asked. Elwood paused for a while, so long that if he had been anyone else, Gaunt might have repeated the question. I believe in beauty, said Elwood, finally. Yes, said Gaunt fervently. Me too. He wondered what it was like to be someone like Elwood, who contributed to the beauty of a place, rather than blighting it. Alice Wynn, In Memoriam I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And this week, I'm back chatting about off-the-shelf topics with my cousin, Ashley Sherlock. Do you love listening to From the Front Porch every week? Spread the word by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see Write a Review, and then tell us what you think. Here is a recent review from Ellen. An important part of my week. I'm a longtime listener and can't imagine how my week would be if I didn't have From the Front Porch to listen to and enjoy. The minute I hear the creak of the front porch swing, I feel like a special friend has stopped by to chat. It makes me want to offer some iced tea. The conversations are so much fun, and I really enjoy guests like Hunter, Ashley, Shop Mom, and every so often, Jordan. Count me as a fangirl. Thank you, Ellen, and thank you to all of the reviewers who've left kind words and thoughtful reviews over the last few months. We are so grateful anytime you share From the Front Porch with your friends. Thank you for spreading the word about not only our podcast, but about our small independent bookstore. Now, back to the show. Hello. Hello. Welcome back, Ashley. Thanks. Happy to be here. It's spring. Finally. Thank goodness. (laughs) Thank goodness it's spring. These episodes used to be called, as folks may know, our Kids Table episodes, but now we call this our off-the-shelf series. So today we're going to be talking about books, yes, but also about articles, TV shows, pop culture, and more. Ashley is a former bookshelf staffer and my literal family member and friend. We've not spoken in weeks. I know. Nice to see you. How are things? (laughs) (laughs) Nice to see you. They've been better. Uh, (laughs) This is not the best week to be talking to me. I feel like Do you ever watch old episodes of Friends or Gilmore Girls, really anything where you think, oh, Phoebe's sick or (laughs) Monica has a stuffy nose? Like, I am under the weather. I have been cooped up in my home since Easter Sunday, a real great day to wake up and think, no, no, I have lived 40 days of Lent. (laughs) I have (laughs) mourned and fasted, and now it's time for Easter, and I have a scratchy throat. And a stuffy nose. Um, And so here we are. You're the first human I've talked to, uh, other than Jordan, but even he has been working late. So you're really the first person I've talked to in days. So this should go great. This is awesome. I feel, mm, is honored the word? Yeah, we'll see by the end of this. We'll we'll see if I remember (laughs) how to talk to a human. It was so weird. I felt totally fine. On Saturday, I worked a full day at the bookshelf like a weekend work day, which had been a while since I had done that, felt great. And then Saturday night as I went to bed, I thought, huh, I think I might have a little congestion. And then Sunday morning, mm-mm. I had to miss my mom's deviled eggs. But that meant more deviled eggs for me, and I was okay with that part. Oh, I knew that they would be eaten. 
I knew that it would be fine. The vibes, however, were missing. When, when you and Jordan are not present, the vibes Thank are also so not much. present. We hear that from Jordan's family, too. It is nice to have <laughs> the reputation about being the fun black sheep. That's how we... You're the, you're the personality hires of this family, <laughs> both families. Uh, Jordan really does up the... Well, and around our family, too. I, I do think I'm a little goofier than I am around others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we really missed hanging out. Here we are. How are you as we enter spring? We're smack dab in the middle of it now. It was cold today. Not a fan of that, but I still wore a tank top. So, and it, I didn't get any weird looks. So <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. You're manifesting. It's fine. Yeah. So let's start with what we've been reading this season. Do you want to kick us off? Sure. Okay. So I read a book called Fieldwork by Ileana Reagan. Have you heard of it? I have not. Tell okay. me all about it. I feel like you could enjoy this in a certain season of your life. I'm not really sure okay. what season that would be, but um, <laughs> you, I think you could be into it. It's a memoir. Ileana Reagan is a self-taught chef and B&B owner, but this memoir covers a little bit of her childhood, some of her gender identity struggle, lots of nature, and she also is a forager. So that was in there too. And I found that part fascinating. Um, She's very creative and I think she's just had a very interesting life. It's slow going, which is why I think you would have to be in a certain mindset Mm. to read it. You in particular. Um, But you, you read that one uh, homesteading book, a couple of episodes couple of our episodes ago. <laughs> it might have tried might as well have been a year ago now. <laughs> I just remember you talking about a homesteading book and then maybe the author reached out to you after listening to the podcast. It was that one about survival. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, I know what you're talking about. You enjoying that book makes me think you would enjoy this book because I think if you're into homesteading or if you just like mm-hmm. find that lifestyle interesting, then this could be interesting for you. I do recommend that you read the book book and not the audiobook though. Did you listen to it? I did. And it's read by the author, which I normally prefer. But Mm. I think I would prefer this in my hands. Yeah. It reminds me, I don't know if you read this or not. And I actually think as I'm about to say this, I wonder if I have time to Google it. So there was a book written by a woman who owns a bed and breakfast in Maine called Finding Freedom. The bed and breakfast is not called that. The book was called that. Erin French is her name. And it was an excellent book. The Lost Kitchen is the name of her, it's not even a bed and breakfast, I'm sorry, it's like a restaurant, and the only way that you can get reservations is by submitting postcards, and then they do a lottery every, yeah, I know, your face. I'm into it. (laughs) Yeah, so so you submit postcards, and then they do, they draw, and they give you a call, and they're like, you're up, do you want to come to dinner, or whatever, and the reason I said bed and breakfast is that they've also started to do little pods of where you can kind of stay overnight. But it's in the middle of Maine. And that book, they've they've changed the name for the paperback release because Finding Freedom was also the name of a Prince Harry and Meghan book, as I recall. So anyway, gotcha. it's called Finding Freedom in the Lost Kitchen. But I loved that book. And so I wonder if fans of Finding Freedom might also like Fieldwork. That was the name of it, right? Fieldwork. Yes, Fieldwork. Uh, can I, are they still taking postcard submissions? Um, you never, I can't remember. You never know. They open it up at some point in the spring because then they t- start fulfilling reservations. I don't know. In May, you should look it up. There yeah, was also a TV to. show for a while. What? Yeah. 
she's okay, really she's cool. fascinating and the book is great. That's awesome. Okay. Okay, so field work. I might look into that. You're right. It sounds like I would need to be in the mood for it, but it could be interesting. Yes. Also, you seem like someone who should forage. I yeah, I think you're right. I think I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you could too. I can't hunt, but I can forage. Please forage responsibly so that you don't die on mushrooms or something. Oh, I am nothing if not a rule follower and <laughs> extremely careful. So I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> Perfect. Then you're you're great for foraging. You're a great <laughs> contender. Okay. So I'm going to tell you what I did this past Saturday, which was I was working at the bookshelf and I had just finished reading a book for this podcast. I had finished reading Tinkers alongside Hunter. And I was desperate because my ARC stack you know what this is like, I think, but you bring home so many books from the bookshelf, so many advanced reader copies, and sometimes you're just not in the mood. And I was looking at my advanced reader stack and I was like, none of this looks good. I would like to preface that that doesn't mean that those aren't good books, but I looked at the stack and I thought, none of these looks interesting to me. Yeah, not today. So because I was working at the bookshelf, I thought before I leave today, I'm going to find my next read. And so I went and like shopped the bookshelf shelves, which I never get to do anymore. And Keila and Kendall were working that day and they kind of helped me narrow it down. And I took home three books and I'm going to talk about one of them today that I just finished today. And I just have to tell you, you're the first person I'm telling. It is, you're the first person besides (laughs) Hunter. I texted Hunter. This is going to be in my top 10, potentially my top five of the year. Okay. In memoriam. It's by Alice Wynn. This is historical fiction set during World War One, and we start at this posh British school for boys, and we meet Elwood and Gaunt, and they are two young men who are quietly pining for the other, and they don't know necessarily that Gaunt doesn't know Elwood is pining for him, and Elwood doesn't know Gaunt is pining for him. And we get their love story, but we also get the story of war and the effects of World War I on the young men of Britain and what life was like on the front lines. It is astounding. It is, it's one of the books that I picked up on Saturday and I was hesitant if it was going to be a book that was really kind of a one-sit read. I wanted a book that would be quick. Like I wanted a book that I was going to start and have no problem finishing, not anything I would get bogged down in because sometimes that messes with my reading rhythm. Anyway, this is mm, 300 plus pages. So maybe it was a little longer than a one-sit read. And it was one of those books that you want to last forever. And then you also want to know what happens. So you keep reading. So I was really rather sad when I finished it. It's beautiful. It's a little bit outside my typical genre just because sometimes I can be reticent about, quote, historical fiction, but it is stunning. It is beautifully written. There's a lot of poetry incorporated. The book title gets its name from a Tennyson poem. It like took me back to high school English class in the best possible way. And as someone who also many years ago now went to London and was obsessed with Eton and just thought it was such an interesting environment, this kind of British boarding school environment. I loved that setting. And I also realized I hadn't done a lot of reading set around World War I, certainly probably World War II, but not around World War I. And so I just, I don't know, I kept thinking of all the great poetry I studied in high school and it was, it was fabulous. I think you would like it just because I'm struggling to know who wouldn't. Like it's so beautiful and stunning that I think I think anybody would love it. I specifically recommended it to my friend Courtney because I know how much she loves history and 
Great Britain and uh, she loves reading and watching things about World War One. So I think she will certainly love it. I think it sounds a little bit outside maybe what you might typically read, but I kind of want everybody to read it. It's so good. It is outside of what I would typically read, but the fact that you said you're struggling to think of somebody who wouldn't like it. I know. That's high praise. It's not hard to read. Like I was hooked immediately. I loved Gaunt and Elwood. I loved their friends. I love reading about male friendship, male companionship. And then the love between Gaunt and Elwood was also really beautiful. I just, I just liked it so much. I liked it so much. I can't <laughs> stop thinking about it. <laughs> wow. So good. I'll yeah, yeah. Check it out. So good. Did you read anything else? Have you got any other spring reads? I do. Apparently spring is my reading time. Mm, okay. <laughs> I read Homebodies by Timbe Ditton Hurst. Great. Tell me if I okay, should read your it. face. I think <laughs> yes. Okay. So it's a debut novel, which I think is impressive because mm. it's a very good book. Okay. First of all, it's about a girl in her twenties living in New York, uh, who works in media, which hi, same <laughs> minus the New York part, <laughs> but she gets fired from her job because she's black, but she's also replaced by another black woman. Mm. And so this is really her exploration of her professional life, but also how that impacts her family and friend dynamics. It's really a coming of age story. There's flashbacks to her and her family when she was like in her teens, but I've, I have found the characters very compelling. I will say for you, it's a little bit spicy at some times. Okay. I don't think it's anything that you can't handle. Okay. I'll probably just read the physical. It does come with an Annie Spice warning. Did you listen to it? Yes. I think I am discovering, we're going to talk about this in the listening section. I am discovering that spice in an audiobook is very different to me than spice in a physical book. You'll be fine if you just read the book. Mm -hmm. I think so too. <laughs> okay. Which I do have an ARC. It's, I literally, I'm looking at it. I have wondered if it was for me or not. So this is good to I know. think it's worth your time. Okay. That sounds lovely. I finished Congratulations, The Best is Over. <laughs> this is by oh, our okay. Eric I Thomas. Yeah, it's so good. So our Eric Thomas wrote Here For It, which was one of my favorite books in 2020. I hope that it got the attention it deserved, but admittedly, that was also pandemic time. So if you have not read Here For It, please do. You Did you read that? Yeah, I have it. Okay, okay. That that's what I thought. It, it's outstanding. So many uh, booksellers at the bookshelf have read it and loved it. And then I also read Kings of Beemore, which was his young adult debut novel, kind of an homage to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It was really fun. This is his new essays, essays, memoir in essays, however you want to word that. It's his essay collection, but it's also his memoir, particularly of the years 2020, 2021, kind of dealing with pandemic times and with his own, I don't know, how long do we think the term coming of age applies? Like, I just feel like we're constantly coming of age. So, I, I never know. I just say it because it sounds right. Well, because I just feel like humans are always coming of age. And in that case... That's all you do unless you, you know, you're not <laughs> living anymore. Right. Unless you're dead. You're always coming of age. So this is Eric Thomas's maybe coming of middle age, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. He is absolutely hilarious. There are 
just countless pop culture references in his work, and you feel like the biggest genius when you catch them all and when you figure them out. It's a lot like, to me, watching episodes of Gilmore Girls and realizing where references come from. Like, not Mm -hmm. just hearing the references, but actually knowing, oh, yes, I saw that movie. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, I, I read that book. And I read aloud one of the chapters to Jordan because I just thought it was so funny. It was, like, about Eric and his husband moving. And Jordan was cackling like in the front seat. He thought it was hilarious. So what I love about Eric Thomas is he's excruciatingly funny, like painfully funny. You're laughing out loud. And it had been a long time since a book had made me laugh out loud. But then you're also struck by the poignancy of it. And you are also deeply moved by parts of it. And so I think it's the perfect book for our time where it's one minute we're laughing hysterically at something and the next minute we're drowning in our, our own tears and malaise because life is hard. So I really like this book a lot. It does not come out until August. I believe it is August. Oh dear. It's like August 8th, I think. But good news is Eric is our upcoming guest for our June reader retreat. He's one of our two authors who are visiting. He's going to be joined by Carrie Winfrey. And although the reader retreat is full and booked, we are doing a live podcast with Eric and with Carrie, and there are tickets available on the Bookshelf website. So you can check out our show notes if you want tickets to that event. I think it's going to be really, really fun. I'm so excited for that live podcast. I've been bouncing around ideas with Caroline of how to incorporate two guests. Like, that would be a different format for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm pretty excited with what we've come up with. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's going to be good. Okay, last last one on reading for me is The Life Council by Laura Tremaine. Oh, I was so yay. excited to have read this the day before it came out. It, I honestly I like stuff like this just because I like I like Laura Tremaine and I also like getting glimpses into the lives of people like her. <laughs> um, so I like I honestly my favorite part of this was just learning about her friends, but she mm. talks about, I think, the 10 friendships that every woman needs at some point in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so not not all 10 at once. And it was honestly just kind of fun to think about my friends in this way, just kind of not like putting them in a box, but, but kind of, you know, like, oh, yeah, uh, this friend is really good for this thing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of also helps maybe take the pressure off of some of your other friends um, because they can't all do everything, nor should they. Yes. I enjoyed it. It was a really nice book. Do you listen to it? Yes. I am desperate to read this book. I have not been back at work due to my whatever this illness is. And I need to grab a copy because I loved her first book, like truly loved it. I'm pretty sure we did an episode of From the Front Porch about her previous book. Share stuff, I'll go first. I'm pretty sure I even bought copies for my friends. Like that's how much I liked it. Like I mailed it to someone who's his friend. You did, I remember that. So I'm really excited to read this because I do think one of the beauties of adulthood is realizing that you can have more than one best friend which mm-hmm. maybe some people realize early, but as a highly introverted person who takes her people very seriously, I am drawn to one or two best friends, not 10 best friends. <laughs> and, yeah. but, but I think what adulthood has taught me is there's more to life than quote best friends. There's also the friends who are in your book club. There's the friends you meet through faith community. There's the friends you meet when you go line dancing. There's friend like, Friends don't, like you said, they don't have to all meet one need. And in fact, it kind of takes the pressure off when they don't. Like Mm -hmm. when you have multiple friends you can kind of rely on. And I don't know. I think that's one of the, certainly making friends in adulthood is really hard. I think it is 
really hard. I think it's worth the effort. But growing older just, I think, also frees you up to realize you can have lots of different kinds of relationships. And actually, it might be healthier if you have lots of different kinds of relationships. So I'm excited to read this one. Yeah, you're going to like it. I'm excited. I have other books, but I will just echo your words, which is spring must be my sweet spot because I read 15 books in March, which is an absurd number for me as a person. I know know it's your job, but like, calm down. (laughs) Honestly, by the end of March, I was a little bit like, oh, maybe that was too many. (laughs) Maybe that was a lot. Were you a little overzealous again? (laughs) Perhaps I was. But there is something about spring for me. I just think it might be a better reading season for me. I don't know if it has to do with Jordan's legislative work, that when he's gone, I just tend to read more because I'm not talking as much. I don't know if that might be it. But yeah, I just, I feel like I'm in a good... I brought home some really great books last Saturday. So I just feel like I'm in a good headspace reading-wise, which is a really nice, lovely place to be. Thank you, Spring. Indeed it is. Okay, let's talk about watching. Are you watching slash have you ever watched Succession? No. Ashley, please stop what you're doing. <laughs> Not this podcast. I need All you right, to All right, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jordan and I love Succession. We have loved it from day one. It is now on its fourth and final season, as I'm sure you have seen in the news, on the internet, Mm -hmm. etc. This show is so good. It is, I think, one of the best shows of the last 10 years. If you are a, quote, prestige TV fan, if you like your Breaking Bads, then I think you will like Succession. It is also, at its heart, a dysfunctional family story about an uber-wealthy patriarch who is trying to figure out which of his children will take the reign of the family company. It's loosely inspired or perhaps very inspired by the Murdoch family. It is filthy and like my mother would not be able to watch a single scene. There's so much language. I I feel like I should preface this by saying like my mom is always texting when I talk about a show and she's like, so would dad and I like it? And I mostly have to say absolutely not. Uh, (laughs) um, And the people are truly horrible and they just make decisions that you just are constantly scratching your head at at the same time it's also deeply funny the most recent episode i think is one of the best episodes of tv i've ever seen and i don't say that lightly because to me there are shows like fleabag that are just above everything else but it's not surprising to me then that i would also love this show which is created by a british creator i just think the british know how to do tv (laughs) And they know how I to end too, things. Man. Yeah, they know how to end things too. Like yeah. this, this is the last season. I think everybody is almost grateful that they have decided this is the last season. Like instead of dragging on and on, they're going to tell a complete story. I just wanted to mention it here because I love it, but I also think you will like it. I really do. And it'd be a fun thing for you to like watch an episode every night. I don't know, to to unwind. Yeah, unwind. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I just think you should try it. I don't think it's something people might disagree with me. I don't think it's something you have to watch like 10 episodes in a day. Do you know what I mean? I think just watch an episode every night or every week and I think you might really like it. Okay. That's helpful because while spring may be a good time for me reading, I am having trouble watching things right now, which makes for a great segment on a podcast about what I'm (laughs) watching. (laughs) But I need things that I can take in small doses um, Mm -hmm. because I really have not been sitting down to watch things, which is why 
I was going to talk about Daisy Jones and the Six because that's really the only thing that I have watched. Okay. I'm not even, I'm not even done with it yet. Let's talk about like it. episode five. I wanted to talk about Daisy Jones. Okay. Hunter, Hunter and I almost wanted to do a podcast, like a bonus episode about Daisy Jones. Oh, I would be a fan of that because I need to know. I'm getting mixed reviews from everybody that I talk to. How old are the people that you're talking to? Because that is what I am discovering is the is the line. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I'm talking to a range of people from like my age and older. Okay. Like some people, some people are like, it starts off slow, but then it ends really well. And other people are like, oh, the whole, like I was in it from the beginning. And then other people are like, oh, it was fine. I'm in the, oh, it was fine. But the last three episodes were fantastic. That's my take. Here's part of the problem, which I will say I have changed in my older age. I used to be one of those people who was like, oh, the book is always better. I no longer think that. And I think we've talked about this on this podcast, like books and movies and TV shows are all different art forms or different mediums. Exactly. And so you can love Apples a book. And oranges. Yeah. And the movie can also be fantastic or whatever. But I do think there were a lot of high expectations by people going into this show, maybe mm-hmm. me included, but I don't think that was it for me. I think it was just a slow going for the first few episodes. And I will also say Keela and Kendall on staff, I, I hesitate to say Kendall because now I'm like, have I talked to Kendall about it? But I know I've talked to Keela. They loved it start to finish. Loved the whole thing. If you come to the bookshelf during one of their shifts, guaranteed that soundtrack is playing across <laughs> our speakers, <laughs> which is fine That's by cute. me. I think, the, I think the music is fabulous. I just thought it was a little slow. And mm-hmm. then when I watched the last three episodes, I thought, oh my gosh, that was great. This could have been a mini series. Like, I don't know that it needed to be 10 episodes ever. And I thought the chemistry between Riley Keough who plays Daisy, and then Sam mm-hmm. Claflin, is that his name? The yes. guy who plays Billy. I thought their chemistry was great, and I thought the chemistry of the band was great. It seemed like they really had a great time. I think the wig department should be fired. I <laughs> think they're some of the worst wigs I've ever seen. Um, in the 90s, like when they flash forward or whatever, when they do the talking yeah. ads, some of, yeah, those, yeah. some of those hair pieces are atrocious. And I don't understand on an Amazon budget why that would be the case. I just don't get it. They're Fair so point. bad. Anyway... What are your thoughts? I you know I uh, I guess I'm in the point where it's fine because I'm only mm-hmm. on episode 5. It's I mean, look, it would have taken me a long time anyway, but it's not necessarily like I'm not like waiting to come home from work so I can watch Daisy Jones and the Six. I see, okay, the bar is high right now for TV because there's so much great TV out there, and part of the reason I wanted to recommend Succession to you is because if you are like me, and I think we are similar, when you're watching TV, you are probably double screening it, right? Meaning you're watching TV, but do you also have your phone in your hand? Yeah. Yeah. Unless I'm watching the TV on my phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think the fact that I never pick up my phone during succession, never. Okay. Or the fact that I never, the other show I was going to talk about, which I think I talked about last time, was Shrinking, which mm-hmm. is the show with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. I never picked my phone up during that show. Like, I want a show right now that is going to prevent me from looking at my other screen. I don't want to yes. look at my other screen. I want to I watch a TV show because TV is storytelling. And just like mm-hmm. I don't want to pick up my phone while I'm reading a book, I want to be wrapped up in a story. And I found myself in the first few episodes of Daisy Jones just a little bit bored. Yep. And I would find myself, like, picking up my phone. And then the last three episodes, I did not feel that. And that is kind of these days how I judge a good TV show. That's fair. I'm sticking it out, but, you know, it might be by the next 
off the shelf conversation that I have <laughs> something to say. Or just, did you read the book? Yeah, I read it when it first came out. I was going to say, I just skip to the book. last. Yeah, it's a great book. I was like, just skip to the last three episodes. You won't miss anything. I mean, yeah, there, I mean, I can set my own rules, I guess. That's that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's an Nobody's unpopular opinion. To do. But I'm like, just watch the last three episodes because they're pretty great. And and the music is good. And yeah, I that's the other thing is one of the songs, my, my favorite song, I think, is Honeycomb. And I definitely am of the civil wars generation where you, mm-hmm. did you listen to the civil wars? Yes. And so because of you. When, <laughs> so when they <laughs> broke up, it was devastating. And so their honeycomb reminds me a little bit of the song poison and wine by uh-huh. the civil wars. And so anyway, you can kind of channel some of that and the concert scenes. I thought they did a good job with in Daisy Jones. So I don't know if you can make it to the last three episodes, I think it's worth it. And, and people may be screaming into their phones and cars right now. They may completely disagree with me, but that's okay. Uh, you can't hear them. Um, did Was it you that told me that this was not based on Fleetwood Mac, but the Civil Wars? I did not tell you that. Somebody told me that. Fascinating. Civil Wars with, with Fleetwood Mac tendencies? Era. I don't know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. It's Fleetwood Mac era. <laughs> okay. Anything else? You watching anything else? Okay. Well, I did want to give this one thing. I don't Okay. It's not TV or anything like that, but it's an Instagram account. Okay. He posts videos. It's called made.by.edgar. He is an artist based in New Jersey, but from Mexico. He's a calligrapher slash hand letterer. And Mm. I'm not sure that I have ever seen someone with his talent. Um, I find Mm. his videos very satisfying and beautiful. So if you Mm. like watching people write pretty things, then give him a follow. If you need a little soothing something. Yeah, it's really nice. All right. Well, what are you listening to? Okay. So I'm going through something right now. And that is the fact that I am not going to Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. Join the club. We, all of us people (laughs) who have to pay our bills instead. (laughs) I had the tickets were in my grasp and I lost them. They were I got. never even had a chance. It's like I never even had a date. I never even got a oh, chance. No, I was buying. I was buying two tickets, and I didn't care who was coming with me. I was going, <laughs> but they it, it the odds were not in my favor. Um, At least so, you had access. So count yourself I know, lucky. I mean, I guess, but honestly, I kind of wish. I now I just feel like I blew it. But, Have you looked at the? I looked at resale tickets for us. The cheapest ones I found were five eighty six a seat. <laughs> Okay, so every other video on my TikTok feed is of Taylor Swift right now. Mm -hmm. And there are people who are like actually sitting behind the stage at these shows. (laughs) Like it's called like you buy obstructed view tickets, but like you're behind the stage. (laughs) Like you can't see anything. Do you think it's worth it just to be in the room where it happens? Yeah, I'd go. I mean, I'd be a little bit sad about it, but I'd go. Okay. It's Taylor I, I just it's Taylor Swift in this and like at her peak. Are you kidding? Right. Well, I really had resigned myself because like I said, I didn't even get access. And it was just one of those things where I was like, well, guess it wasn't meant to be. And I was fine until I'm not on TikTok, but my Instagram reels started just being her concert. And then mm-hmm. I saw one Instagrammer refer to this concert as it's not just Taylor's eras, it's the eras of our lives too. <laughs> And my nostalgic so little true. heart was so peeved because I thought, 
I would have loved this because I've been listening to her since I watched her bang on a trash can in college. I am so annoyed. With me this in Montgomery, gr- Alabama. I know. In, in the gump. So I know when I see all these nine-year-old girls at her shows, I'm like, I have been listening to this woman <laughs> since we were both your age. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, I want to send you, let me see if I can remember her name. Just speaking of watching and listening combined, I follow, I think I've sent you some of her videos before. I follow this woman on Instagram. I think her handle is Claire from online or something oh, like that. Her. Okay, oh, have you been watching regular ranking? Yes. I kind of want to do that myself. I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. Why not? Okay. I, I just feel like it looks so fun. Basically, she's taken all, what is it, like 194 of Taylor mm-hmm. Swift's songs, and then she ranks them kind of, I think there's a beautiful rhythm to it, but it is a little bit of organized chaos where she does a random album generator. And so she does one album at a time ranking. It has been so much fun to watch. I was very inspired and I think I'd like to do it myself. Please do. I don't know if I have it in me to do that. But <laughs> having said all of that, yes, I'm listening to a lot of Taylor Swift right now. <laughs> What's your favorite album? Okay, look, I knew you were going to ask me that and I tried to be prepared. It just depends on the day. Because, yeah. okay, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you my favorite album, but my favorite songs, the songs that I am drawn to currently are Champagne Problems, mm. Betty, Love it. One of my favorites. Wildest Dreams. Oh, okay. And mine from Speak Now. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah, a little little old, little new. You're right that there is something. I think that's what's so genius about her. There is something for every mood. Like you could, yes. there's a different album or she, a different song for every that's mood. That's the thing. She does all genres mm-hmm. for that's everything, true. everywhere, and everyone. It's just that's true. It's amazing. So I that's think, what I'm listening mm, to. Maybe I need to be listening back to some because uh, those Instagram reels, those TikTok videos, kind of inspired me. And maybe I need to just start re-listening to her. I, Betty is one of my all-time favorite songs. It's so good, so good. Have you looked at the set list, or have you by watching all of those TikTok videos? Are you familiar with the set list? Relatively, but okay. What I also know is that Taylor knows people know what the set list is, so mm-hmm. she has a couple of surprise acoustic songs every night that are, yes. that are different every night and i still i'm hmm. what would you want your acoustic song to be i don't know i can't i'm not <laughs> i don't know there's too many choices and i i don't know what she's done so far i know a couple but i don't know i would have flipped if i'd been in the audience where she did cowboy like me with marcus mumford that would have been exciting yeah. to me oh, man. but i think i would love if it was like a real oldie uh mm-hmm. like if she did I, a friend and i were talking because one of my friends is going ugh, kendall that was a groan i'm happy for all of my friends getting to go one of my friends aaron <laughs> is going to the concert this weekend i think in atlanta kendall from the bookshelf is going in tampa i don't know when Aww. these are but anyway aaron and i were talking and she said i would love for the surprise song to be 15 and i was like oh i think i would cry i would if cry she i would cry 15 because there was something about her reissuing that song. I did not think I would be into all of the Taylor versions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I understood why she was doing it, but I was like, well, I've heard all these songs before. Why would they feel any different now? Well, they do. Because mm-hmm. it's, like an, it's like a 30-something or now going back and looking back at her 15-year-old self. I just, I think that song it rings even more beautiful now. 
Yeah, agreed. I could talk about this forever. Also, we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge that Joe and Taylor have broken up and allegedly. Do you believe it? Is it true? Because they're like half the internet is being like, yeah, they're broken up. And the other half is like, we don't know. How do you know? She doesn't talk about that stuff. I think those people are truth deniers. (laughs) (laughs) I just think, of course, I think they definitely broke up because People Magazine is legit. Like, and yeah. I think it was, was it EW? I forget, ET, somebody. Anyway, I felt like the source was legit. I feel like they did break up and I really am saddened by it, but I want the best for her and I hope she finds happiness. Ashley <laughs> <laughs> looks so depressed. I was just thinking about how when I found out, I was just like, Taylor and Joe broke up and love is dead. <laughs> Well, because it really is sad, and I really liked – maybe this – I don't know if this is a popular or unpopular opinion. I liked the Lover album. I really did. Yeah, me too. Despite the fact that it was called Lover, which makes me <laughs> slightly uncomfortable. But I – because I'm a Puritan. And so, anyway, <laughs> I I liked a lot of those songs, and I love the song London Boy. I don't know. It just makes me a little bit sad. Like, oh, what a yeah. bummer. Um. Okay. Here's what I've been listening to. I, I would like to report that – you had told me in the winter, you were like, hey, if you're still listening to those things after 28 days, you have created a habit. And I would just like to say that I'm still every morning listening to the Let's Read the Gospels podcast and the Mo News podcast. And it has been a delightful way to start my day. I love that. Congratulations on creating habits. Thank you so much. And I just wanted to mention it in case people like me love the news and like keeping up with things, but also are overwhelmed by it. I find the Mo News podcast to be very satisfying for that. So I like starting my day with the Let's Read the Gospels podcast, which means I have now read all four Gospels three and a half times. Wow. <laughs> is, yes, it is a lot. Do you just listen to the same thing over and over again? Or is it like a podcast that's like currently on the air and making new episodes? It makes new episodes every day, but you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John every month. And Annie F. Downs is the host, and she just rotates what order you listen to the Gospels in and what version you listen to them in. So, for example, I was doing this month in April, we're doing The Message, and it started with Luke, and now we're in the Gospel of John. In March, we listened to it in chronological order, which was really interesting to me. I'd never done that before. And I don't know. I've really I've really enjoyed it. And it has been really a really lovely thing to, to start my day with. And I like starting with that and not the news. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I, uh, there's something about starting with something grounding and then and then moving on to information and and Gr- the world drinking. that we inhabit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have really been enjoying that. I also wanted to talk to you about the audiobook I've been listening to. Okay. Okay. So I've been listening to Happy Place. This is the new book by Emily Henry. It's not out yet. I got it through Libra FM as an advanced listening copy. I love Emily Henry, which, speaking of reading from earlier in this episode, <laughs> I read a really great interview that I feel like I've told everybody about, but allow me to share it here. There's a great Emily Henry interview on Vulture that is just outstanding about romantic comedies and romance literature. And Emily Henry is a really good interview and I just loved it. I like all of Emily Henry's books. I think my favorite for people who need to know, my favorite is Beach Read, then People We Meet on Vacation, then Book Lovers. Now she's written Happy Place. Here is what I am wondering. 
A, let me ask you this. Have you read Emily Henry's books? I've read Beach Read and Book Lovers, but not people we meet on vacation. Okay. B, did you listen to them or read the physical copies? I think one of each. Book Lovers I listened to. Beach Read, mm-hmm. I feel like, was a long time ago. It was. It was pandemic-y times. Okay. And that was probably book. Okay. So I read physically Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation. I've listened to Book Lovers, and I'm listening to Happy Place. And I'm wondering, now the narrator is Julia Whalen, who is beloved. We've talked about her on the podcast before. Um, I really like her as an audiobook narrator, except I'm starting to wonder, do I? Oh, intriguing. Okay. Okay, because I think I think that I really do. I think she is almost unparalleled in like her ability to really voice each character. Mm-hmm. It's like it's almost like listening to a one woman show, like a stage production. Yeah, but I'm wondering if there's something to the fact that I read Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation, and those are my two favorites. And then I've listened to Book Lovers and Happy Place, and I like them. But I almost wonder if, for me, it is better to read a romance or romantic comedy than it is for me to listen to them. Because sometimes when you listen to a romance, the banter that I love so much maybe seems a little too bantery. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes perfect sense for you. Like, I was driving in my car, listening to Happy Place, and I love banter in a rom-com. I love it so very much. But I was listening to it, and I found myself rolling my eyes. And I like <laughs> the characters in this book, but I it was like I couldn't turn my cynical brain off, and I was like, ugh, like, nobody talks like that. And then I thought, now wait, I love Gilmore Girls. Nobody talks like that. I love The West Wing. Nobody talks like that. Like, so I thought, maybe I just need to read banter. Mm-hmm. or watch it unfold, but listening to it is hard for me. Like, I just wonder if it has something to do with the way I'm choosing to interact with these stories. That's fair, because you're listening to the banter come from the same person. Yes. Like, you're listening to a woman trying to do a man's yes. voice, bantering with a woman doing another yes. voice instead of creating it in your head or yes. watching two people do it on a screen. Yes, that's what I think. I, I don't know. I'm I'm halfway through Happy Place, and I would like to be clear that I like it. I have not made a judgment yet. I do not know where it will fall in my ranking. I like and respect Emily Henry. I respect Julia Whalen. I think she's incredibly gifted at what she does. I'm just starting to wonder if there are certain books that I don't love being narrated by her. Like, I wonder if I like some of her other stuff, but when it comes to the romance and the rom-com, I wonder if it takes me out of the story too much. That's fair. I just wanted to discuss it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to help. (laughs) Your feelings are validated. (laughs) What else are you listening to? Anything? Okay. I have a song, a playlist, and an artist. Okay. Okay. First of all, like Taylor Swift, I'm also going back to my roots and listening to Martina McBride because I saw her in concert Mm -hmm. with my mom a month ago, two months ago. And my love for her has been rekindled. I have listened to her entire discography several times over in the past few weeks. My favorites, my favorite mm-hmm. albums of hers are Evolution and her self-titled album. Mm. They're fantastic. I think Evolution. my favorite favorite is Evolution, but I think the songs are probably stronger and more geared toward a broader population on her self-titled album. Um, may I interject and tell you a funny Martine McBride story? Please. 
Okay, we've been watching Early Edition because your parents gifted us those DVDs for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so every night before bed, typically we watch a half of an episode or an episode of Early Edition, which is this 90s TV show. And it's kind of your stereotypical 90s show. And the guy, the main character in it, owns a bar. And we were watching, and I heard, I was like, why is this bar playing Martina McBride? And it was very... Jordan was like, how do you even know that? And I said, well, that's clearly Wild Angels. Like, I clearly <laughs> I clearly hear Martina's voice. And he was just baffled that I could even hear what the background song was. But I was struck by it because on this show, it's never a recognizable pop song. Like, it's never – it's just like generic jukebox sounds or something. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, the episode proceeds, and the main character – played by Kyle Chandler, like goes to try to rescue this woman who's in the middle of rehearsals for her performance. And lo and behold, it is Martina McBride guest star. And she is singing Wild Angels. And Jordan and I both like, because we're laying in bed watching it and we both like sat up and Jordan goes, (laughs) is that Martina McBride? I said, that's Martina McBride. (laughs) And it was such a delightful melding of the culture like just 90s culture like this great 90s tv show and then martine mcbride who was essentially at her peak at that point anyway it was a very charming little guest star appearance by martine mcbride and it brought I us love a lot of joy it. that makes me so happy yeah okay. it was fun i think i must be like re-entering my country girl phase okay because, <laughs> because martine mcbride but also there's a playlist have i said this already there's a playlist on spotify called neon cowgirl full of all of the classic country ladies, but plus a little like Kesha and maybe there's a Britney Spears in there somewhere. Um, Interesting. It's basically classic 90s and early 2000s ladies. And it's a fantastic playlist. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up because that does sound something I would enjoy. Yeah, it is. It's definitely of an era. Yeah, for sure. I have been adding songs to my spring playlist. I'm very satisfied with how it's coming together so far. It's very eclectic, as my seasonal playlists are. There's a song from the Kingdom Choir, because you and I got to see them perform about a month ago. And so that is very fun. But then there are also songs from Daisy Jones and the Six. There are a couple songs from the show Shrinking. Just like songs that enter my, I don't know, they kind of inhabit my brain space. I add them to the playlist and it winds up being a lovely time capsule. So my spring playlist is well on its way and I am loving what it is so far. It's very weird and delightful. Lovely. Anything else you're listening to? Last thing as a song, I think I found it on TikTok, which unfortunately is how I find a lot of things. Um, But it's called Runaway to Mars by a group called Talk. I don't know Mm -hmm. anything about this group, but they sound a lot like Mumford and Sons. And if... If there's something there that I should know that I don't, please don't come for me. But (laughs) it's it's just another one of those songs that just kind of makes me feel things. Okay. Sometimes we need to feel things. I don't know if you do. but (laughs) I I usually prefer not to, but it's good. It's good for me. Yeah. Good good to get it all out. Okay. Anything you've been buying? I did that no online shopping during Lent, so I really abstained for a good long time. I got you. I have one thing and then I have three things within a category. Okay. (laughs) I don't know why I feel like I need to preface everything. (laughs) Okay. First thing I think you actually do need to buy is a foam roller. For my face? No. This is for your aching body. Oh, for your back? Yes. 
Should I get one of these? Yes. They come in different levels of firmness. Uh huh. Get a soft one, probably. Okay. Um, I have a very firm one. <laughs> okay. But I love it. I you can look. You can roll it over your whole body or roll your body all over it. There's um, my my trainer at the limit has a video, a 14 minute video, um, where she shows you like how to do it and like what muscles to roll out and stuff. But I, at least a couple times a week before I go to work in the mornings, I roll out my back and shoulders um, because mm-hmm. I spend the majority of my days hunched over a computer and it is life changing. Okay. Will you put us a link in the show notes? Absolutely. I don't remember the brand that I have right now, but I will include that in the show notes. Okay. So foam roller next up other end of the spectrum of the fitness spectrum (laughs) snacks from Trader Joe's. Oh, okay. okay. What are your faves? I have three really good ones. Mm -hmm. First one is Trader Joe's sunflower butter and dark chocolate cups. They're like Reese's peanut butter cups, but with sunflower butter and that's it. I've had those. <laughs> those, are, those are legit. I love those. Fantastic. I could eat a whole bag all at once, but I try not to. Um, <laughs> second snack is cashew butter covered cashews. Oh, cashew on cashew, you say? Delicious and also filling. They're sweet, but not too sweet. And again, I could eat a whole bag, but I, I, I exercise <laughs> self-control. <Good job. laughs> Third snack. I just found this. I had it for the first time this week and I did not check the bag before I came here to record this podcast, but they're like these rolled tortilla chips with like okay. chili, chili and lime flavoring. They're like Takis, but oh. easier to chew. Like they're not quite as crunchy. And okay. Not quite as spicy, but they are still spicy. They're fantastic. I haven't had dinner, and maybe I'm salivating talking to you about them right now. Same. I also have not <laughs> eaten dinner. I think I need those. Those sound delicious. They are very good. I don't have anything except the first thing that I bought post-Linton Fast was Super Goop sunscreen <laughs> because <laughs> tis the season for hopefully going to the beach and sitting by the pool, and I have very sensitive skin, And skin cancer runs in my family. And I would just like to tell everyone, this is your PSA to get your moles checked and to use sunscreen. I use SPF 50, baby. And I love super goop. (laughs) And I just am telling, I want the whole world to know. I wish they would pay for this free ad, but but they Sponsor us, super goop. Sponcon, just kidding. But super goop really is the best sunscreen on the market. Did you ever try it? Oh yeah, I've got it. It's uh, so far so good. It hasn't given me a rash. Okay, this is I don't know if this is genetic. Some might some might say it is, but I really don't know. I think I got sun poisoning once when I was 18 and mm, so my skin is very sensitive. Yours all of a sudden became sensitive last year. It's to always sunscreen. been sensitive. I've always used water babies sunscreen. Okay, well then maybe this is genetic because but yeah, I guess that's something about last year I just started getting rashes with my sunscreen. I don't know if they changed formulas or what, but Supergoop works for now. Well, and my friends, I was with some friends, and you know when friends are together and they tell you all the things that cancer-causing things are? Are, are your friends like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so well, I was with my friends, and they were like, oh, you you know, we're not supposed to be using aerosols anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And so we were all like sharing what kind of dry shampoo we use now and stuff like that. But I had looked super goop up and even their spray sunscreen is okay. Like if in case oh, you guys okay. are also They're worried clean, about that. Clean. Nice. <laughs> yeah. In case Take anybody's worried about that, I did look it up. Uh, and then my, I'm not even going to call it a guilty pleasure, but what I drink a lot during the spring and also right now so that I can hydrate and get over whatever this sinus problem is, are Dunkin' Refreshers, which I'm sure are 50% sugar, but they're also 50% green tea. So I feel very healthy and I love them. And now I know why people love to drink. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. All right. This was fun. It was fun. Let's go to the beach one day soon, please. Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. Happy spring, everybody. I hope you get to go to the beach with a pub sub soon, too. This week, What I'm Reading is brought to you by the 102nd Annual Rose Show and Festival here in Thomasville, Georgia. Come visit us for the weekend of April 28th and 29th and experience the flowers, fun, food, and shopping in beautiful Thomasville. Plan your visit at thomasvillega.com. Ashley, tell me about Rose Show. What's your favorite thing about Rose Show? My favorite thing about Rose Show is seeing all of the clever and creative window displays for the window decorating contest. That is one of the things that I look forward to as well. My mom and aunt, our mothers, are coming this weekend to decorate the windows and get them ready for Rose Show. And it is really fun to just kind of walk down the streets of Thomasville and see that the whole town is really decked out for this weekend. And it's one of my favorite things too. I just love all the creativity and thoughtfulness that goes into the window displays. And there's something really lovely about on it's frequently the Sunday afternoon before judging begins where all the shop owners are like doing their window displays. Mom and Aunt Lisa will be out and they'll wave to Amy who's over at Hair in the Heart or Nan who's doing Fireflies windows. It's very it's there's a lot of camaraderie. It's very sweet. It's one of my favorite things as well. Okay, so Come visit us for the weekend of April 28th and 29th so that you can also experience the flowers, fun, food, and shopping, and the window decorating contest in beautiful Thomasville. Plan your visit, book your room at thomasvillega.com. This week, I'm reading The Crane Husband by Kelly Barnhill. Ashley, what are you reading? I'm about to start You Could Make This Place Beautiful by Maggie Smith. Thank you again to our sponsor, the 102nd Annual Rose Show and Festival here in Thomasville, Georgia. I hope you will plan your springtime visit to our beautiful town at thomasvillega.com. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Donna Hetchler, Cammie Tidwell, Chantal C., Kate O'Connell, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson. Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see write a review and tell us what you think. Or if you're so inclined, you can support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support, Front Porch Friends, Book Club Companions, and Bookshelf Benefactors. 
Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you and we look forward to meeting back here next week.